Well, we're excited that everybody's here this morning. And are you ready to get started? We're going to pray, and God's presence is here. Amen. So, Father God, we thank you for your presence here today. We thank you for giving each one of us ears to hear, hearts to receive what your Holy Spirit would say to us individually and corporately. We'll be quick to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for everything that's wrought here today. Thank you for bringing to my remembrance every scripture, every illustration that you would have me share in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So today we're going to talk about finish what you start. I got one. Woo. One. Woo. Um, and so I'm just going to be a little bit transparent with you here. Um, you know, the reason we're having this message, because, you know, I always ask God, if, I, if I'm invited to speak, I'm like, okay, God, what's your word for the hour? Because I can stand up here and talk about just about anything in the Bible or whatever, uh, but I want your word for the hour. So I feel like this is what he kept bringing back to my heart about finishing what you start. So a while back, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, let's say a month ago, I was wrestling with something that um, I had started but I hadn't finished. And so I think I've mentioned before that I was working on my PhD. And so then, you know, COVID hit and everything got shut down. And so, um, so I started this class, Life Christian University, it's class on the anointing. And, um, and so, you know, everything shut down, and everything, boop, and I never finished it. And so I was walking around in my prayer house and I saw this laying there on the desk and I was like, God, you know, you know, should I do that? Should I not do that? You know, it's just, you ever done that with God? Should I go here? Should I not go here? Should I start the, and so uh, I'm just waiting to listen, you know, to hear from God. And this is what he spoke to me. He said, why did you start it if you're not going to finish it? I was like, ooh, I guess that's my answer, huh? And so how many times we start stuff in life and we don't finish it? Let's look at the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verse 34. If you've got a Bible, digital or otherwise, turn to John 4, 34. Now, this is a story of where Jesus had talked to the woman at the well, a Samaritan woman. And while he's there talking to her, um, you know, his disciples came back and they had gone to go get some food. And so they're questioning him what he was doing. And he said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Don't you love that? His meat, his food, his sustenance was to do the will of him who sent him. It says in the Old Testament that God sent his word and healed us, right? So he sent Jesus, and Jesus came to finish his work. And so it's interesting about finishing work. We're going to look at uh, three points this morning, and I don't know how far we're going to get with this, but we're just going to go as far as we can. The first, po first point I want to talk about is rest. Finishing what we start brings rest. In the uh, book of Genesis, chapter 1 and chapter 2, you can see that in the beginning, God created, right? He created the heavens and the earth. He began to do some work. And he saw everything that he created. You can go back there and read it. It's like eight or nine times it says, and God said... Let there be light. And God said. And then he saw what he had created and he said it was good. And then on the seventh day, it says on the seventh day, God finished his work. He finished his work, what he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've noticed this in my own life, that the things that are left unfinished in my life, I don't have any rest. You may forget about it in the natural, but it's always nagging on your subconscious. 
It's pulling on you. And so when we actually finish something, let's say you, you decide Saturday morning you're going to get and mow the grass, front yard, backyard. Um, well, if you have grass, that means you got water. Um, ours is mostly dirt. I think the neighbors were wishing we'd stop because we were just raising all this dirt up. But anyway, if you, if you set your mind to go start something and then you finish that project, when you're done with it, you stand back and you look at it and you have this sense of accomplishment, this sense of I've finished this. There's this rest that comes upon you. It's no longer nagging your mind or your spirit or your soul because it's done, right? So it's important that we finish the things that we start. So God is a finisher. And as he spoke this to me, he said, why did you start it if you're not going to finish it? I was like, okay, there's a message here. God's a finisher. As I began to study this in the word of God, I can't find any place where God started something and he didn't finish it. And guess what? We are created in his image and in his likeness, and he expects us to finish the things that we begin. Amen? Man, you're shouting me down. This is good stuff. So here's, here's the thing. God began, you know, he began working. He created things. God finished that, and, he got, and then God rested. But if you don't finish what you begin, there's never any completion. And if there's no completion, there can't be any rest. There's this unrest in your soul. The second thing that we're going to talk about, second point, is finishing what we start keeps our conscience clear. See, if, if there's no rest, then I don't have a clear conscience, right? Finishing what we start keeps our conscience clear. Unfinished business creates clutter in your mind and in your soul and in your spirit, and it makes it difficult to hear from God. When you have unfinished business in your life, it creates this clutter. And there's this noise. You may walk away from it for a while, a year, two, a week, whatever. But it's always there. That noise is always there. And it makes it difficult or challenging to hear from God because you've got unfinished business. I don't know if you've heard about the uh, world-famous uh, organizer, Marie Kondo, about tidying up your house. Never heard that? Oh, I'd encourage you to go read her book watch your YouTube videos, whatever, about tidying up your house because we all have way more stuff than what we need, right? Now I'm stepping on toes. But I, thought, yeah, I read this book and I thought, man, that's me. I'm extreme. I'm either on this side or that side. My wife says that all the time. She says, you, you know, you're one way or the other. And so I was like, I read this book and I waited for a weekend when she was not home. And I went through the house and I got every stitch of clothing that belonged to me. Every hall closet, every dresser drawer, I pulled it all out just like Marie said, and I threw it in the middle of the living room floor. I was amazed how big that pile was. Some stuff I hadn't seen in years. And she said to go through it. So I went through it. You pick up a piece and, does this, does this spark joy? Am I gonna use this? If I say yes, stick it over here. Say no, it goes over here. And it happened just like she predicted. About a third of that pile I discarded. I folded it up nice and neat, put it in a box, took it to Goodwill, Salvation Army, whoever. And all of a sudden, I had less, less clutter in my dresser drawers, less clutter in my closet, and I had this sense of fulfillment because there wasn't so much clutter in my life. Does this make sense? 
Let's take it a different angle. Unforgiveness is basically unfinished business, right? Well, there's the natural realm, here's the spiritual realm. Unforgiveness is basically unfinished business, and it weighs on you, and it will pull you down and pull you backward. It will slow your forward momentum, and it will make it challenging to hear from God, right? It's good stuff. You're shouting me down. Finishing what we start brings rest to our soul. Finishing what we start keeps our conscience clear because we've removed the clutter. Have you ever walked into your kitchen and it's just piled over with dishes? It's like, we just cleaned it the night before. When you walk in there, what is it? It, it resonates something. It speaks to you. There's that clutter. It's noise. And there's this sense of completion and fulfillment when you get it all cleaned up, put away, and the counters are clean, right? All the women are going, yay! For me, I have a desk at the house. I have a computer on it. That's my <clears throat> workstation at home. And I'm amazed. Just the other day, I cleaned it off. I took everything off of it, wiped it down, got all the dust off of it, cleaned it up, organized it. Nice and neat. And I'm amazed at how quickly I can get piles on that desk. You know what I mean? When my wa wife walks through life, you know how a boat goes through water, right? Boat goes through the water, and there's always a wake behind the boat. When my wife walks through the house, there's a wake of organization. <laughs> when I walk through the house, there's a wake of clutter. I don't know how it happens. It's just, it's just it's drawn to me. But then I look at my desk, you know, and sometimes I'm trying to sit down and study or work or do whatever, and it's like I can't concentrate, I can't focus because there's so much clutter. And before I can ever move forward, I have to take the time to stop and clean up the clutter. And then there's this sense of completion, sense of rest, and I have a clear conscience. Has that ever happened to you guys? Now here's the really cool thing. Point number three, finishing what we start brings glory to God. Did you ever think about that? Finishing what we start brings glory to God. <clears throat> you know, in the book of Exodus, chapter 40, Moses was given a task to create the ark or the covenant, the tabernacle, right? You can go back and read that story. Very detailed instructions. And when you go back there and read through all the accounts of it, it says in verse 33, verse 34, Moses, so Moses finished the work God had given him. And then it says, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The glory of the Lord didn't fill the tabernacle until the work was finished. Sometimes we wonder why there's not more of God's presence in our life. Stepping on some toes there. We got such a mess. Physically and spiritually. Things that we have not dealt with. Unfinished business, whether it's unforgiveness <clears throat> or just not doing the things that God told you to do. Again, transparency. A while back, I was talking to God, and I was like, man, it just seems like I'm not moving forward. You ever been in that place in your life where you just don't feel like you're moving forward? <clears throat> Excuse me. You're just kind of there, and everything's just there. You're not really moving forward. Yeah, it's right there. She's got it. Thank you, Ms. Sheena. Awesome. You're just kind of stuck, it feels like. 
You're still alive, but you're still stuck. You never been there? So I'm asking God, <clears throat> it's like, you know, go to work, you know, you live your life, go to the grocery store, you go to church, you have family, friends, it's, but it's like you're just not really moving forward in life. So I asked him about that. And he's so smart. He said, well, if you do what I told you to do, you'd move along. So he'd give me some specific instructions. And they're not hard. They're not hard. They're real simple, real detailed, kind of like the tabernacle, do this, do that. But until I do what he's told me to do, guess what? I'm not going to really move along in life. Is this hitting home? Because there's some things that God's told you to do. We're talking about unfinished business here. And you still haven't done it. And you're wondering why things aren't progressing in your life like you think they should. Why are you not seeing more miracles or you're not getting the promotion or you're not doing this or you're not doing that or your family hasn't turned out a certain way. Have you done the things that God told you to do? Because whatever he tells us to do, it's not impossible or he wouldn't have told you to do it. It's not difficult. Well, it may be challenging. <clears throat> but it's doable. So Moses finished the work and the glory of the Lord filled the house, filled the tabernacle. <clears throat> In John chapter 17, Jesus is praying a prayer to his father, or our, our father. He says, <clears throat> I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. In the NIV it says, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work by finishing the work that you gave me to do. Do you know that when you finish things, whether it's mowing the grass or doing what God told you to do, when you finish those things, that brings glory to God? Think about it. When God told Noah to, bring, to, to build the ark, it took him a while, right? What, about 100 years? But he built that ark, and you can go back and read what it says. It says he completed it. He finished the task. And that brought glory to God. We're here today. Otherwise, we would have all drowned. We hadn't seen water in a while. Let's think about it. If Noah hadn't finished the ark, let's say he stopped year 75 or year 99, would that have brought glory to God? No. If Moses hadn't finished the tabernacle, would that have brought glory to God? No. If Jesus decided, you know, He's like, they've already whipped him. He's on the way to the cross, and all of a sudden, he's like, you know, I'm throwing this off. Throw the cross off. I'm out of here. See y'all later. Would that have brought glory to God? No. What brings glory to God is when we start something and we finish it. It is so simplistic. You know people in your life who are slovenly, Right? They start a lot of stuff, but they never finish anything. They're always saddling up, but they never go anywhere. Right? Then you're all getting quiet. I'm talking about finishing what we start. We have a lot of mess in our lives, me included. But if we want to bring glory to God, we've got to finish the things that we begin. 
In John chapter 19, verse 30, John 19, 30, it says, When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he's on the cross, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. It brought glory to God. I know this seems really simplistic, but in the natural and in the spiritual, when we finish things, it brings glory to God because God is a finisher. He doesn't do anything halfway. He doesn't start out and go, man, this is really tough. I'm going to stop. He finishes what he starts. Now, it may take him a while, a couple years, a couple hundred years, but he's going, he sends forth his word. You can read it in the Old Testament. He sends forth his word, and it goes forth, and it accomplishes what he pleases. It says it does not return to him void or empty. He begins it, and he finishes it. It brings him glory. This is good stuff. So, <clears throat> I have to ask myself this question, because I did. The things that I'm doing, do they lend themselves to fulfilling God's will, God's plan for my life? The things that I'm doing, because we start a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, I like books. You go to my house, I've got books all over the house. And, and my mind is, is everywhere. I've got a book on how to be a Navy uh, SEAL sniper. Uh, I've got a book on how to, the history of light. Uh, I've got, you name it. And all these books have bookmarks in them. What does that mean? You started reading it. Maybe you didn't finish, Daniel. So I have to ask myself the question, the things that I'm doing in my life, do they lend themselves to fulfilling God's will, God's plan for my life? If they do, and I begin them, but I don't finish them, what does that say about me? What does that produce? Deception. I'm living a lie, right? That's kind of hard-hitting stuff. I'm living a lie. In James 1, 22, James chapter 1, verse 22, it says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Don't just hear the word, but do the word. Don't just finish the task, or don't just start the task, but finish the task. Amen? There's things that God has called us to do as a community, as a corporate body here. And we got to finish it. One of them is building that brand new sanctuary. Amen? <clears throat> God wants more people saved. He's not willing that any should perish. He even wants the wicked to turn from their wicked ways, to repent and come unto him. So we have unfinished business because Jesus, who was our master and Lord, he said, go. As you're living your life, go. Preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick. Raise the dead, right? We got work to do. Y'all are getting quiet on me. Hallelujah. We got to be doers of the word. So, finishing what we start will bring rest to your life. Finishing what we start will keep your conscience clear. You'll be able to hear God more accurately. Finishing what you start will actually bring glory to God. But you may ask yourself, well, how do I finish? what I start. You ever been challenged with that? I have. In the book of Luke chapter 14, if you want to turn there real quick, Luke 14, there's a clue. 
And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you can read it for yourself. Luke 14, verse 25 through verse 35. And it says in uh, verse 26, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, that word hate, if you look it up in the Greek, it means to love less. To love less. And his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. So that tells me point number one. If I want to know how to finish things that I've started, Jesus has to be number one in my life, right? If you're number one in your life, if I'm number one in my life, I'm going to deviate from the path that God has planned for me from the beginning of time. Me personally, I do a lot of stuff. I get distracted easily. I get off in tangents. Oh, that looks interesting. This looks interesting. Let's learn that. Let's do that. And all those things keep me from fulfilling what God's called me to do. Amen? But we all do it. We get distracted. Now, God wants you to have fun in life. He wants you to have, uh, you know, pleasurable things that you do. He's not a hard taskmaster. But how many of us, if we just stop, because I know you're doing it right now and you're thinking about it, how much junk we got in our life because we get distracted. We distract ourselves doing projects or, or going here, going there, doing this and we don't ever finish that stuff. And it just accumulates. I bet if we went and checked out your garage. I've lived in my house for, what, 12 years now? I've pulled the car in the garage twice in 12 years. It still needs to be cleaned out. Verse 27, Whoever, whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Verse 28, for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost whether he has sufficient to finish it. So, if you want to know how to finish what you start, number one, Jesus has to be first in your life. He has to be your focal point because we're supposed to be following him. He's going to lead us in life. If you lead yourself in life, you're going to get off course. You're going to get distracted and you're not going to be able to finish what you start. You're going to have a lot of clutter and a lot of noise in your life. The cross, what does the cross represent? When Jesus is saying here, if you don't bear your cross, pick it up, take your cross and, and follow me, what, does he mean actually go get a cross? You're going to drag it off somewhere and you're going to get nailed to it? No. The cross is a symbol. It's symbolic. It represents God's will for your life. He's saying, you need to find out what God's will is for your life and come follow me. Right? I'm talking about how to finish what we start. Jesus has to be number one. You've got to know God's will for your life, right? And you also have to count the cost. I remember when I was dating my wife, Angel State University. We were dating, and um, we were out walking one day, and I said, hey, we just stopped. I said, I just need to tell you something. In case you change your mind, you, you don't want to marry me. I said, I intend on following God. I said, I don't even know what that looks like. I don't even know what that means. I just know I'm going to follow God. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm giving you a chance to back out because this is where I'm going. And she goes, well, of course we're going to follow God. I don't think she knew what that meant. <laughs> if you've ever been a youth pastor, let me tell you. You got to count the cost. Otherwise, you're not going to finish what you began to do. Whether you're building a house, starting a ministry, going on a road trip, 
Yeah, count the cost. I love this part. This is the part I want to get to. Verse 33. So likewise, whosoever he be of you, I'm reading King James, that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. I'm going to focus on that word forsaketh. Forsaketh. You've got to forsake some stuff. I'm talking about finishing what you start. Jesus has to be number one, right? You've got to know God's will for your life. You've got to be able to count the cost. And you're going to have to forsake some stuff. I love this word forsake in the Greek. It means to say adieu. That's a French word. It means to dismiss something, bid something farewell, to take leave of, to withdraw from something. There's a separation that takes place. So the word, the French word au revoir means goodbye, which when it's expected that two people will see each other again. So I say au revoir to my wife, it means to see you later. However, adieu means goodbye forever. Adieu is French for goodbye, and adieu literally means to God, and was part of the phrase, adieu-vous, comment? I commend you to God. There is so much junk in our lives that we need to forsake. Years ago, I was in the martial arts. I was in it for like, I don't know, 15 years, something like that. I mean, I loved it. I was not possessed, but I was obsessed with the martial arts. I was. That's my wife. When I fell asleep at night, everything twitched. I was ready, man. My two instructors are my two best friends, and uh, if you've ever seen that movie, The Pink Panther, with Inspector Clouseau and Kato, yeah, that was us. I mean, we literally would break into each other's house at night and try to attack the other person. Remember one night I came home, I pulled up in the driveway, got out of the car, and Donnie was up in the tree and jumped out. I was obsessed. And then God began speaking to me to lay that down. And I was like, God, you know I love you. I love you, God. Here's the martial arts. I love you, God. You know I love you, God. You just tell me. Tell me to lay it down, I'll lay it down. You just tell me. God's not that way. He begins to woo and sway your heart and pull you a certain direction. And it took me a little while, about maybe two, three years, I don't know, because I think our daughter was about three years old at the time. But I finally got it. I was like, oh, you're waiting for me to do something. And I'm like that. I'm either this way or I'm that way. And so I took all my martial arts stuff, all my weapons, all my books, all my photos, all my certificates, my black belt certificate, uh, clothing, anything that would identify with me with the martial arts, anything that would identify me with it. I took it over to the church on Wednesday night, made a huge pile, literally, and we had a bonfire, and I lit it all on fire. And I, I gave my testimony to the youth group. In other words, if I have to choose between this and God, you're burning, baby. I choose God. But I was forsaking it. Because Jesus has to be number one in my life. I'm talking about finishing what we start. So next day I saw Donnie, he's my instructor. I told him what I did, and he goes, you didn't burn your certificate, did you? I said, yeah, I did. I thought he was going to fall out. It came from Korea, from Grandmaster Hong Ki. You don't, you know, you just can't buy those. Anyway, where am I going with this? Forsake stuff. You've got to forsake stuff, right? You have to say, adieu. 
I remember one time I taught myself to play the flute. I loved my flute. I liked my flute. I wasn't that good at it, but I loved it. And then one day God spoke to me to, we'll use the vernacular, to forsake it. I was like, seriously? It's innocuous. It's benign. But there's stuff that we pick up. There's stuff that we accumulate in our lives, things we begin to do that slow us down. And it creates clutter in our lives. We don't hear God clearly because our conscience is not clear. Amen? And so I knew what I needed to do, so I took the flute down to the local um, uh, music store. Thank you. I sold it to him, took the money, and gave it to the church. I forsook it. I'm talking about finishing what we start. Man, you all shouting now. I know you're thinking, thinking about cleaning that garage when you get home, right? God is a finisher, and he expects us to finish. Now, here's the suggestion. We need to finish what we start and only start what fulfills God's will for your life. I'll say it again. We should finish what we start and only start what fulfills God's will for our life. For me... I may not be real fast in responding to God. There's things he's been speaking to me about for years. I've shared it with Pastor Walt. Um, but I'm doing better. I'm endeavoring to clean the clutter out of my life and out of my house. Because I don't know about you, but I want to move along with God's plan for my life. I want to be right where he wants me to be. Amen? Doing right what he wants me to do. When he wants me to do it, who he wants me to do it with. I'm serious. Amen? And we need to be that same way. We don't need to get lazy and sluggish. Because as the, as the days draw near to Christ's return, because he is coming back. Amen? You just look at the world the way it is now, you know he's coming back. And the Bible says in the New Testament, knowing these things, how should we now live our lives? We need to finish the stuff that we start we need to clear up the clutter that's in our spiritual lives and our natural lives, and we need to live ready. We need to be prepared. We need to be full of the Word of God. We need to be full of the Spirit of God because there are people literally around you going to hell. And we need to make it hard for them to go to hell from San Angelo, Texas. Amen? And revival's not coming. Because the revival starts in me. And it starts now. And it's ever present. It's as present as I want it to be. There is a fire burning on the inside of me. And I, bless God, am going to finish what I start. I'm going to clear the clutter out of my house. I'm going to clear the clutter out of my life. And I'm going to move along for God, with God's plan for my life. And I want that for each one of you. I want you to examine your heart and be serious about it because there's some stuff you need to lay down. There's some stuff you need to forsake and walk away from. It's not doing you good. It's not doing anybody else any good. And it's not dangerous necessarily. It's not evil necessarily, but it is slowing you down. It is a distraction. And it's filling your life up and Jesus is no longer number one. Remember? You want to fish what you've got to, what you start? He's got to be number one. I got to be following him. I need to be looking at him. 
books is the devil. I've seen it over and over again. Once people get their sights set on, I'm going to follow Jesus, bless God. And they take off, and all of a sudden the devil throws a little distraction. Hey, what about this? What about this? And we're walking on that path, and I'll say, oh, that looks shiny. This looks interesting. And we get our eyes off the Lord and what he's got planned for our lives. This is a very simple message, but it's a very real message. Amen? And I want to encourage you. Go home, examine your life. Do you need 15 pairs of jeans in your closet? This one's for Tuesday, this one's for Wednesday. You don't have to be a minimalist, but all that stuff becomes weight. It literally weights you down. And when you get out from under it, there's a tangible lifting of weight that comes off of you. I can't tell you what it felt like to, number one, I did it secretly because my wife wasn't there. I threw all my clothes in the middle of the floor. Because I know she would have gone, oh, wait, wait, oh, wait, wait. I tell you, I'm extreme, man. I'll do it. I'm already eyeing all those books. Ready to be done with it. Because more than anything, I want Jesus. More than anything, we should all want Jesus in our lives. We should want to follow him, and we should know his will for our life. And we should count the cost, because it's going to cost you something to follow Jesus. And I can't tell you what it is. It's different for everybody. But we need to start forsaking some things that are just weighing us down and holding us back. It's not God's will for us. Amen? And I love this shirt. I had a, a guy that got out of prison, and he's a Harley rider, and he was wearing a shirt like this. Said, Man, where did you get that shirt? He said, my wife made it for me. She had a shirt shop. He said, I'll send you one. God is good. But I love what it says in the back. Man up! And I didn't know that's a real phrase. It's in the dictionary. It means to make an effort to deal with something. Such as an obligation or a challenge. I'm throwing a challenge out there to you today. To finish what you start. Make an effort to deal with something, such as an obligation or a challenge, in a way that is considered strong or manly or womanly. Amen? In the book of Job, I'll finish with this. In the book of Job, God and Job were having this conversation, and I don't remember where the address is, but God spoke to Job and he said, Gird up your loins like a man and answer me. So I looked at that phrase, gird up your loins. It means basically the same as, as man up. Back in the, in the uh, days of the Israelites and stuff, they wore these tunics. The men wore tunics. And to gird up your loins means to pull your tunic up above your knees, pull it up straight, pull it between your legs, like a diaper tied around the front, and then you were ready for work or you were ready for battle. We need to man up. Amen? We need to gird up the loins of our minds. We need to gird up our loins and respond to God's call to our lives. Because God has a call on each one of our lives. He wants you to fulfill your call. But bless God, finish what you start, amen? Finish what you start.